<clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Love Fruit Podcast. I'm joined today by our guest, Star Kichara. Is that the right way to pronounce your name? Uh, almost. It's Kishara, but don't worry, like, no one pronounces it correctly. Is that, wh- where's that from, that name? Oh, it's actually um, Sanskrit, and it means Skywalker, so... Technically, I'm called Star Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, um, I've been aware of you, Star, for a while now. I, I, I'm not sure if you, if you were putting out videos or blogs or something back in the day when I started off eating more fruit and things like that and going vegan and everything. But I've always been aware of your name. Um, and I've also seen you do all sorts of stuff on teaching about entrepreneurship and things like that. So I've seen you do a number of other things, but I think today we're going to be talking a lot about benefits of fruit, in particular with uh, skincare, I think. And do you want to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and um, who you are, what you're doing, and um, I guess why we're talking to you today? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been sort of around in the health, like the holistic health sort of scene for a long time, probably about 20 something years now. Um, so yeah, I started off in skin. I used to teach skincare formulation. My first book is all about skincare, um, like how to create your own skincare. Um, and I've been into like raw foods and nutrition for like 27 years, which is how long I've been. Yeah. A long time back in the day when there was just one book called Raw Energy by Leslie Kenton. And I don't know if anyone remembers that, but this is how far back I'm going. Um, yeah. So I just remember it making sense to me and I wanted to somehow integrate all of the things that I do. I was always really fascinated by plants, by plant medicine. I thought I was going to end up being an aromatherapist or a herbalist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up going down the skincare path because I didn't really like sort of touching people I guess (laughs) I know and then aromatherapy massage um but I really love working with the plant medicine so I started making uh, products for the skin not just like beauty products but also um skin healing like medicinal products as well but the whole time I've also been studying nutrition and applying that to myself I've always felt best when I eat a lot of fruit and when I eat a lot of raw foods and um uh, over time, I kind of just got more and more into looking at the science behind that as well um, to back up, you know, what I say, because I love having the, I love the fact that actually science does back up what we a lot of the time what we believe um, is true in like the nutrition sense. Um, but yeah, I have also taught business <laughs> because my first business um, uh, Formula Botanica, which I sold in 2014, um, was very successful so people used to come to me and ask how you know how can I you know build an online health business and so I started teaching that too but then after about three years doing that I realized I really missed working directly so I it's been a calling for me to work with um, skin nutrition for a long time so um I think my as my video is frozen for you <laughs> yeah your, your video is frozen temporarily no that's weird Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, just a little glitch in the uh, technical stuff there, but we'll, we're, we're getting back to it now. So something that I've seen in the world in general, and a lot of people come to raw food actually because of it, is skin problems. And I think that it's such a major factor for people because it's so obvious. You know, a lot of people get sick in the world, but their, their problem is kind of hidden. You know, other people can't see it, but with skin issues, it's so obvious and it really obviously affects people's confidence and everything. I wonder if you can explain why is it that people have such dramatic problems with their with their skin? Yeah, and it's a good point that you raised that, you know, a lot of the other stuff's hidden. We don't see it. So we don't really, I mean, we might feel that there's something wrong, but we don't, we can't look inside our bodies and see it, but the skin doesn't lie. <laughs> and the skin is really a reflection of what's going on on the inside. So although, like I described my business, uh, the facelift diet as being anti-aging nutrition, really what we're looking at is pure vibrant health at the cellular level 
So, you know, everything's reflected on our skin. So the skin is, as a lot of people know, is one of our largest organs. Um, it is an organ. It's not just a fancy covering. It does have like, a, it plays a lot of physiological roles. And one of those roles is it is a channel of elimination. So, you know, the, some of the major channels of elimination are the breath, um, you know, our um bladder and bowels are very obvious channels of elimination and the skin is one as well. So if those other channels aren't working very effectively, you know, a lot of this gunk, uh, this toxic waste can come out in our skin. And so that's an irritation, it causes inflammation. Um, so that's one reason why like inner health conditions show up on the skin. Another reason is simply like, we're not eating the optimal foods to build healthy skin. Uh, skin hair, you know, is like any other body part, it is maintained, repaired and fabricated by our clever bodies using the materials we supply you know and so that's on us like the materials we supply is our diet if we are supplying non-optimal materials we can't build healthy skin and lots of things are going to go wrong with it there's going to be inflammation um, a lot of skin conditions are actually known to be you know inflammatory conditions like um, eczema, acne, uh, all of these things um, are known to be inflammatory conditions and we can track that back to an inflammatory diet. Um, loads of other reasons like hydration as well as another key one, the skin is a very high water using organ um, and you know just again the things that affect the whole body will affect the skin but we just see it because we have we can see it <laughs> like literally <laughs> um and so uh, you know if, uh, skin problems to me are like a call to action to work on a deeper level at right. what's going on on the inside and even things like aging you know like uh, there's some science papers that came out in the last like couple of years that show that um you know premature wrinkling on the face is actively associated with premature aging at the organ level oh, so wow. you know it's not just like being vain or trying to stay youthful for any kind of vanity purposes it's literally like if you're aging here you're aging in here too <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and let me ask you about, there are all these skin problems, uh, obviously acne being one of them, and there's some really severe forms of that that I've seen really amazingly severe, and I've seen people being able to reverse it, which is great. Um, but what about the conventional therapies that people are offered? What, what's your thoughts on some of those? Do they work? Are they a problem? Um, are you aware of those? I mean, I'm not super aware of the exact treatments like um conventional medicine gives because i'm not I, i'm not in that medical field sure. but um you know like there is i know some of the acne treatments have really bad side effects um a lot of eczema treatments i mean i used to have eczema when i was a, um, a teenager like really bad and you know some of the treatments they give like betnabate these kind of steroid creams they actually destroy collagen so that's why often when you see people have suffered with eczema and they um <clears throat> they have this thinning of the skin and these very premature like wrinkling of the skin and it was caused by the medication it's a well-known side effect i know some of the side effects of um, acne treatment um are quite severe as well uh, including things like you can't even go out in the sun um you know which is really terrible for a human <laughs> you have to go out and enjoy life outside and lots of other problems as well i mean i don't know the specifics because like i said i don't really kind of look at that side of things an awful lot i'm more interested in you know what we can do um to heal the body holistically sure. um, and using natural methods like diet um but yeah i mean i i found that eczema treatments for me didn't work at all and i know a lot of people suffering with acne they're still suffering they come to the diet side sometimes from years of trying conventional medicine and it not working or it causing bad side effects and then they have no choice but to turn to um the natural methods to as a they're, they're kind of using it like a last resort but yeah. um, sure. really it should be the first resort <laughs> Yeah, and um, do you, from your accent, I'm guessing you were brought up in the UK, maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, what, what was your upbringing like? Were you a kind of conventional diet and everything growing up or uh, something a bit different? Yeah, I am born in England, um, in the Midlands, but I've lost that accent long ago from being in the South too long. <laughs> but if you ever catch me talking to my dad, then the accent comes right back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a pretty conventional upbringing I guess um our diet was kind of plant-based because we were poor 
um, you know, we were, you know, really like it, the first world version of poor, you know, <laughs> just to put that in context. Um, so, you know, our diet was very kind of based around like rice and lentils and vegetables. And, you know, we had porridge for breakfast rather than the fancy cereals because they were too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum was kind of interested a bit in sort of holistic um, nutrition so we often had soya milk instead of dairy milk um back then there was like one brand i think granos if anyone remembers veganism from the 70s <laughs> um yeah so there was i was kind of raised with a kind of little spark of like looking at like holistic health stuff and i we used to go to this commune like every summer where um they grew a lot of their own vegetables and there was always a vegetarian option i wasn't i didn't really know what vegetarian was but i noticed all the cool people that i liked seemed to always go for the veggie option and i was like well they seem like really nice people and i want to be like them this is when i was about like six or something and (laughs) so i started thinking like oh i don't know what vegetarian is but i started asking for the vegetarian option I didn't even really know what it was. And people would be like growing fruits and veggies and drying herbs. It was all a bit hippie-ish. Mm-hmm. And, and it just kind of, I think that's what sparked me into looking at like nutrition and health and plants and how plants give us everything. We need like medicine, like clothing, food. I mean, it's just fascinating, that world. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that, that was your start. And, and did you, did the, did your experience with acne, did that take you a bit further with looking into the, healthier diet or was there something else that made you start to make those other transitions with the eczema when i was a teen yeah i guess i'm i'm, I'm asking like uh, what was it that stimulated you to look further into changing your diet and so on yeah i think i mean you know like sometimes you just i think you're just built in with a kind of leaning towards a certain topic. Um, so I, I probably think that was a bit of a spark um, that just being around that environment of people like being really into plants. And then um, as I got older, yeah, I experienced really bad eczema, which, you know, when you're a teenager and you're really insecure, <laughs> the last thing you want is like eczema like on your face and in really visible places. And it would itch, it was really, you know, it wasn't just the vanity aspect, it was it's painful, it's itchy. And I, you know, I just wanted to get rid of it. And I started looking into, um, you know, like what plants and herbs like could help. I learned about like calendula for like me putting on the skin. So I started making my own calendula ointments. I was also looking at what I was putting in my diet. I just found it in like old books here and there, like little snippets of information. I think, I think when you're like magnetized to a concept, like the little bits of information just start coming to you. Um, there's no, I don't think there was a big like aha moment for me. It was just this kind of like little prods <laughs> along the way. You know, I'd meet someone that would make like creams and that would make, give me the idea. And they'd tell me about a book that was really good. And then, you know, it just kind of like little baby steps towards this as a career. And I, I got really fascinated by essential oils along the way. But like I said before, I, I thought I would do that as a career. I trained to be an aromatherapist, but I hated touching people, <laughs> strangers. Let me just say, I'm fine touching people I'm close to. <laughs> I'm not a robot. <laughs> but I didn't like touching strangers. Um, and then the food aspect was really just, I have, a, a again, an inbuilt fascination with like health and vibrancy. And I just used to look around and think people to me seemed really beige like they weren't really vibrant they would look like like it's hard to explain but I have a like a weird I wouldn't like to even call it psychic but it's like a weird filter I have when I can see like people as like healthy or not it's odd (laughs) that was something I was born with but people to me just seem like these amorphous blobs going through life not really happy and vibrant and I used to think well it's like it's like what they're eating And I thought this at a really young age and it just kind of led me down that path. So I think that's kind of my mission, I guess I was maybe put here to do in Mm a, in a kind of esoteric sense. Um, So there wasn't really like a big spark moment. It's like, aha, like I suddenly interested in this. It was just this trickle effect. And then I remember when I was 18, I met a vegan. (laughs) I was like, what's that? And then, and they were also Wiccan and that, and then I was like, oh, okay, okay, respectful and love for nature equals let's not kill things too. Um, 
And so it all kind of co coalesced like that. And then I found the book Raw Energy by Leslie Kenton when I was 18. And I was like, well, this just makes total sense. Of course, we should be eating raw plants. <laughs> you know, like I've just made it. It was like one of those like, oh, of course, it seems so obvious, you know, one of those. So maybe that was the, the big aha moment into looking at raw um, and stuff like that. That was, yeah, Absolutely. the spark. Yeah. And, and um, what were your kind of experiments? I, I, I don't know if Leslie Kenton had a particular program to follow or did you just experiment with it yourself over the years and try different things out? How, how did that work out for you? Oh my goodness, I was, it's like the only raw person in the village syndrome. I, like no one I knew was eating raw food. Like, I mean, back then, I mean, this is like the early, this is like 1994. You know, like no one I knew was barely even vegan, let alone doing things like juicing. <laughs> and I remember going to like the local grocers and I'd buy my weekly fruits for like, I bought a juicer and then I used to go there every week. And I remember a woman saying, are you stocking up for winter? And I was like, no, this is like what I eat in a week. And she was just like, <laughs> it was like really unusual. Yeah. And yeah, it was a lot of experimentation. I lived a lot on really odd things. <laughs> because <laughs> we didn't have all this cool raw stuff like we do now like kelp noodles and you know people weren't on instagram posting like nori roll-ups yeah. raw cake so it's none of that um leslie kenton had a few recipes in her book but there again they're really super basic i was there was like one thing that was like sesame seed fudge which just tasted like halva <laughs> you know and just like mostly salads and juicing and smoothies and so it's very basic diet back then but I remember just how good it felt you know as soon as that stuff goes into your body it's like an instant feeling of like vibrancy and so I just wanted to keep chasing that feeling I guess so I, I stuck with it <laughs> awesome uh, give me a moment uh, uh I've just got a visitor coming to the door oh so okay give me a moment I'll just get a pause recording again Okay, everyone, sorry, I just had to stop there for a visitor, but we're back. Uh, so, Stara, I want to ask, so what, what kind of got you into um, skincare products and things like that? What was your interest in that? Well, again, it was just something like, you know, I had a, seemed to have a natural leaning towards um, as a child. Like, I was just really fascinated by plants and nature and how you can be kind of self-sufficient from plants, like everything can come from them. And, you know, I, I've always just liked the idea of making all my own things. Um, I'm very sort of hands-on, <laughs> I guess. And I love working with plants um, so much. And I didn't really like, you know, especially back um, when I was a child, there wasn't a lot of skincare options that were very healthy. Um, a lot of them had, you know, really, you know, everything's very um, synthetic. And I used to think there must be a better way. And I used to find these really old books. I think my mom had this really old book on her bookshelf, something like Ye Olde Beauty Recipes or something. And it was written like a really long time ago. And I was just fascinated that, that there was used to be this era in history where, you know, you know, fancy women used to have their own sort of like distillation rooms where they'd make all these potions and lotions. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> um, I want to do that. And I just started making, you know, very basic stuff at first, like little lip balms. And, and this is before I went vegan. This is like a really long time ago before then. So it was like, you know, like making little things of, with beeswax and almond oil and rose water and things like this. And, you know, and just over time, it got more and more sophisticated. I learned a lot more. I went and studied aromatherapy and, and herbal medicine and, um, and started making more and more things. And then I started writing about it. So I used to write for a lot of the raw vegan magazines um, about making your own like raw vegan skincare. And, and that led onto a book deal. And suddenly I was this like skincare guru. Oh, wow. <laughs> Were you writing in like Fresh Network and things like that? Or? Uh, I think I wrote for Get Fresh. Um, I can't remember actually. It seems like such a long time ago, but I used to write for, there was about three different, that Funky Raw I used to write for. Um, there was that Natural Raw Mothering one as well, The Mother magazine. There was another one called oh, Raw something. I can't remember. It was, it was like a, that feels like a whole like, 
career a whole era ago um and then some of the online ones as well like some of the online like bigger like health blogs I'm my friend Shazzy she used to run a, a raw magazine called Passion I used to write for that one as well and then I got picked up by some of the bigger magazines and then I started then I had a column in Natural Health and Beauty which is like a glossy magazine that's all over the UK um and that all sort of it just grew over time and then I landed a book deal for my book the holistic beauty book which is you know how to make your own organic natural safe skincare so yeah I just it just was a long like process of I just love it I just loved it so much you know I think that's really important in life too you know people say like I don't know what my passion is it's like the thing you will do without like even if you never made money from it you'd still want to do it you know and I you know, people see now like, oh, how did you become a success in business? Well, 20 years of being broke, <laughs> still doing my passion anyway, because I loved it, you know, and I still love it. I still make my own skincare now. <laughs> um, amazing, amazing, yeah. Um, that, that's great. I, I, I love that story. Uh, so something that's, something that's in my mind I, I want to ask you about is like, there's a lot of people that get into raw foods and, and the whole natural living minimalist concept, right? And they will sort of think, well, I don't need any skincare or I don't need makeup or they want to move away from that. What, what do you think about that? And what are the benefits of it regardless, you know? Yeah, it's a really good point because, um, you know, I mean, in a, I mean, in an ideal world without pollution and cities, we probably wouldn't really need skincare. I mean, I think most people need to wash to some extent. <laughs> um, you know, I, and I lived wild like that for a long time. Uh, I used to live in a teepee village in Spain where we had no like, um, you know, like baths or showers or anything. Like people didn't use soap. It was like banned. <laughs> um and everyone smelled really bad and got really sick all the time right. um so you know I think it's a really nice concept but having lived it you know I don't I think you know I always say to people like skin as an organ is 80% diet and then 20% is like your environment you know like we live in homes that are artificially heated you know that has an impact we live in cities sometimes with pollution we can't always control that stuff and then, you know, a small, and then another sort of 10% will be like, you know, how we treat our skin, caring for it, like cleansing it um, and doing all that, washing our hair. Um, so it's like an 80-20 for me. I, I think the skin care side of things is like the smaller piece of the puzzle by far, mm. but I don't think it's necessarily wise to get rid of it completely right. in modern times, um, you know, and cause I, you know, I tried it. <laughs> I've been around other people that did it and, it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a great, it's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, I remember, um, you know, I, I think something that I see pop up all the time is people doing like the no shampoo challenge where they want to yeah. like not wash their hair for. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> and I, I might have done it at one point as well, but I don't really have hair anymore, but I'm, I might have tried it at some point, but I have always looked at these things in recent years and, and it's kind of similar to what you're talking about. I'm thinking, but you're in a modern world environment where you're constantly having smoke and God knows what else, like all around you and blown at you and, uh, and uh, pollution from cars and everything yeah. that's in the environment. And yeah. um, it doesn't seem like a great idea to not be washing that off or, or moving <laughs> right. that. And I get the idea, like, oh, your, your, your hair produces natural oils. And it's probably the same people would say about the skin. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I kind of I get that. But um, I, I, what I see in nature is animals cleaning themselves all the time. Yeah. And, exactly. uh, and so, uh, and I think with, with I, I, I don't know exactly how we would have cleaned it, but I think people are just love to be in water and around water at, at the very least. And a lot of, as far as I'm aware, a lot of the things that we use to wash are fairly natural or there have been natural equivalents that have been just discovered, like uh, areas of rivers that happen to be better for washing clothes because of right. certain minerals that were there or whatever it was. Um, 
so yeah, I, I can I can understand where, where you're coming from with that. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm with you on that. Like it's we live in a modern world, like we can't pretend we don't. Um, you know, I live in a city, you know, so I'm bombarded with pollution from all sides. You know, and also I skate. So like I get really, you know, I get hot and sweaty and my hair starts to feel really gross. You know, I want to wash that off. Like the natural tendency is to want to jump in water. You know, like you said, like it's natural for us to want to, you know, humans flock to water, don't we? Like what do people do on holidays? Mostly go to water places. Um, You know, we're sort of like ocean free. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, uh, and, and we would have probably been in rainforest stuff, so we would have yeah, been rained, rained yeah. on. <laughs> and using things honestly, I mean, you can totally go natural with your skincare for sure. Um, you don't have to like ditch it completely, you know. I mean, there was you can use like all kinds of plants to make. I mean, that's what why I wrote a book on skincare because there's tons of natural ingredients, you know, which is no more complicated than creating a smoothie um for food you can create you know things for the out exterior of your body as well and you know we've got to makeup no one has to wear it i wear it because i enjoy it it's fun and all of mine is organic and vegan um like i won't put anything on my skin that's really terrible um but yeah you can go like you know you can choose your level of naturalness and there's nothing you know if you really want to go like completely like not cleaning your body at all then that's your prerogative to do so like you are in control of your own meat suit <laughs> um but you know i i yeah. did it and i i didn't feel health like fully i didn't feel fully healthy not and that's like, yeah and that's it as well when you're wearing clothes that makes a difference because right. you're not um being exposed to the air and the sun and yeah. and all that stuff happens so it's, it's it's different what do you think about people that maybe just want to use like like i've seen some people they just take fruit and want to apply that to their skin what do you think about that does that i does think it's great sense? yeah it's great i mean fruits full of like you know mangoes and papaya have like enzymes in them that kind of you know exfoliate your skin because they they dissolve um the dead skin cells you know you can totally like go that like really fully natural way for sure um you know, I find it like a bit sticky and annoying to do it that directly. Um, you know, it, <laughs> I do it sometimes. So, you know, mango facials always great. But, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I prefer the convenience of making a product and just having it in a jar. But that's my choice. You know, we all can choose like where, where we fit on the scale. And that's the beauty of, um, of it all, really, is that we get to decide for ourselves. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, fruit is great on the skin, absolutely. It's, I mean, a lot of the, I did a talk at one of the big organic events a few years ago that was um, on organic and natural products. And my talk was called Fruit Suiticals because it was about like the, the kind of the pharmaceutical, nutraceutical <laughs> effect of plant extracts in skincare. And that how fruit, it plays a big part in natural skincare these days because it does contain all these wonderful things. Um, so you can use it on your skin. It is also better to eat it inside because then you'll get the full benefit. Like our skin isn't a stomach um, <laughs> designed to eat our nutrients this way through the mouth. Um, but, you know, it's great. You know, those, it does have those kind of like enzymes that do exfoliate um, our skin on the outside. So it does shed, you know, the, the well, dead skin. Else. what about mud because one thing that i've done a couple of times is the dead sea mud thing where you right. cover yourself in that clay mud sort of stuff and then let it dry and then jump in the water is that is it does that make any is that a good thing or oh absolutely i love like clays and muds like that's one of my biggest things i i do a clay mask several times a week um because clays have this like amazing like ionic effect where they can pull um toxins from oh, right on the skin yeah that's actually heard, been scientifically studied as well so right. See, i heard i heard people say that to me and i was like yeah, yeah that's probably not true but you're, it's, you're, i mean it's a very mild like effect but it's you right. know like oh it does have that it, yeah. effect it can sort of like have it it has this kind of like magnetic slightly magnetic well ion, ionic effect where it kind of you know helps to shift it out of Interesting. not like from the deep layers or anything but you know from that's in the skin um so yeah i mean clays and muds are amazing yeah i think they're they're a wonderful thing to use and sometimes i even wash my hair with clay if i want to have a break from organic shampoo like i'll 
you know, give it a rest and like use a clay mask on my hair instead. Um, Rasul Mud is amazing. Oh, let's see, that's my northern accent came out there. Mud, did you hear that? <laughs> so I told you I was from the Midlands. Oh my goodness, there the accent slips out now and again. Um, so Rasul Mud is from Morocco, and that's a brilliant cleansing mud. You can use it on the face and body, um, and in the hair. There's, there's even, I think there's even a skincare brand called Moroccan Mud that has clay like mud uh, russell mud based shampoos and things like that where it doesn't have any detergent in it. it's just like kind of liquid slip and you massage it through yeah do you, want to, do you want to tell some of the secrets of creating your own skincare products or is, is that something you can't reveal or, or what? <laughs> well it's a big it's a big uh, subject depending on what exact skincare we're talking about um and also these days my my biggest cosmetic is my food so <laughs> Uh, fruit mainly of course um but i mean honestly like you the skin is very simple you know it has very simple needs it needs to be cleansed it needs to be lubricated that's it um so you know i'm very basic with i, I cleanse with clay or mud or sometimes i make my own little kind of really um smooth I call them skin polishes because I don't think skin scrub gives the right idea. It, you shouldn't really use anything too abrasive on, on your face, especially. So, you know, I powder, I'll powder down some, you know, uh, maybe some beans with some like coconut sugar, it makes a very fine skin polish and you can mix that with like glycerin or different plant oils and, you know, use it to massage into the skin. And then I use things like rose water or orange blossom water uh, in between to cleanse off what I've cleaned my skin with. And then I make a basic oil, like an oil-based serum, which is just different cold pressed plant oils, like evening primrose oil, borage oil, elderberry seed oil. Like there's so many different plant oils um, with all each with their different properties. And I add essential oils to that oil blend. And then I put that on my skin twice a day. You know, it's very basic. You don't need all these like eye cream and neck cream and this cream. It's, it's, it's cleansing and lubricating. <laughs> And as particular chemicals that have been found to work really well that you focus on as the base of it or not not really because again like <clears throat> what really builds your skin is what you'll eat sorry <laughs> right 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 so really what we're doing was it's kind of like you know if you have a car to use that awful analogy because we are not machines but you know <laughs> it's like you're putting the fuel in and you have to put oil and water and you know the fuel into your car all the time and then now and again you you, know, you need to clean the outside so what you clean the outside on is not really fueling the car you know so really the biggest skincare chemical <laughs> you want to look at is what you're putting in in the body but yeah so for outside it's really just a case of like you know your skin is um, the, the most important thing to remember is the skin is designed as a waterproof barrier. So a lot of like, if you look at a lot of moisturizers, even the organic natural ones, uh, you know, the biggest ingredient will be water, right. which is just useless. So you might be paying like, you know, eight, nine, 10 pounds or like $15 for, you know, some nice like um, skin cream that's 70 80 percent water which is just useless it doesn't go in because it, this is waterproof i mean if it wasn't imagine what would happen every time you got in a bath or a shower <laughs> you know you start filling up with water um so the skin repels water but it it absorbs oils so this is why you know lubricating your skin um moisturizing uh with an oil is really the skincare that you need to do and because it's chemically uh you know aligns with what our skin wants to be absorbing that's interesting so you're saying that it repels water but absorbs oil yeah the skin is known as like a it's a hydrophobic barrier and it, there's lots of things in your skin like for example the natural oils on our skin the sebum it it's there to to stop water getting in right um, otherwise if you were in the bath you would just fill up you would just fill up with water yeah it'd be crazy <laughs> <laughs> imagine get calling a rainstorm like why, why do you think we absorb oil what's, what's the function for that or the reason just because we need to use it in the skin or it's because that's what our body produces. So we were just mimicking that really. Right. So our body, you know, in, in its processes of designing its own or synthesizing its own uh, natural oils, the sebum and the ceramides and the this another chemical called um, 
NMF, natural moisturizing factor, and your skin's producing these all the time. It's very clever. Um, and so when we oil our skin, we're basically mimicking that same process. So our skin's designed to allow oil kind of to sit on it and a little bit inside it. Um, so it has the mechanisms to be able to, to um, absorb a certain amount of oil that we put on our skin. It's just the way it's, yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about fruit being good for the skin any particular foods that you're aware of that are particularly bad for the skin that people should be avoiding yes there's a pattern yes uh, good question i love it so um in the work i've been doing on like looking at how skin stays healthy and also how we age um how we show up as like, how different aging processes show up i worked out there's about 10 uh, different aging pathways and when I delve into the science of each pathway, there was a very similar pattern in the kind of foods that promote that aging pathway and the foods that decrease that aging pathway. And in every single pathway, all 10, the pattern was the same. Meat and high fat foods will massively rapidly age you right. and destroy your beautiful, vibrant, um, glowing skin. Um, every single pathway is the same. It was astonishing. And in every single pathway, the, the shining food that was the top food that kind of diminished that pathway and held it all at bay was always fruit. Every single oh. one. It was incredible. And I was like, wow, this is, this is even bigger than I even thought. <laughs> I knew that eating raw and plant-based and even fruit was like somehow symptomatically rejuvenate people and keep everyone looking like glowing and vibrant, but I wasn't really sure how until I delve into the science and even things amazing. like, sorry, go on. No, sorry, I just said it, I just said amazing. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, so there's things like, uh, you know, like glycation, which is when our, the structural proteins in our, you know, skin and everywhere in our body start to cross link, which causes wrinkles on the surface, but also causes loads of damage at the cellular and organ level. Um, in fact, glycation is being looked at as one of the major causes of things like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, um, and glycation. Um, how, um, we have these products called AGEs, an amazing acronym, AGE, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, advanced glycation end products. And um, we, uh, a lot of those we eat in our diet, they're called dietary AGEs, and they are in huge quantities in, um, in high fat, high protein foods like meat, cream cheese, butter, and even more so when those foods are cooked. And, and they are almost non-existent in fruits and vegetables. Wow. So, and that's just one of those, one of the 10 aging pathways. And all of them have the very similar pattern. It was, it was the more fruit and veggies, and especially the... Uh, the more um, low fat as well, your diet, um, the, the more of these aging pathways are kind of like knocked on the head. It's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> um, <and laughs> yeah. And have you got all that kind of information in your books and things? It's, it's going to be in my, my new book. Yeah. I mean, it's, t it's been like a 15 year pulling all this together because there's so many variables that it's taken a long time to sift through um, to, cause I've had to look at each of these aging pathways in depth and each one is like a couple of years work. Um, so yeah, uh, my book, the face of diet is going to be out um, next year and it's going to have all of that stuff in. Um, and I'm, sort of, I touch on a lot of this stuff in my Instagram reels as well, but you know, little basic snippets that people can sort of action straight away. Um, but like all the science, <laughs> it's going to be in the book because it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of work. That'd be great. What, do you have a title for that yet? Yeah, The Face of Diet. Yeah, which is, um, so my Instagram handle, The Face of Diet is, that's the kind of like name of everything I do under that sort of banner, really. Um, Excellent. I, I, you know, it's funny because I really believe in the power of the fruit and the raw food diet uh, and even a vegan diet in many, in many cases for reversing disease and getting rid of pain, chronic pain, chronic yeah. disease, all these things. Right. But there's a part of me that feels like almost the message of fruit is good for your skin might be even more powerful for, <laughs> than all of those because people are just going to people are kind of weird like that. Like I almost feel like <laughs> if it makes you look good, then it makes it right. more sense than like, we can get rid of your 
incredible debilitating pain you know you know i mean i just i just feel like somehow that's a stronger message for people i don't know why we live in the age of vanity you know we really do live in a narcissistic age where a lot of people are public these days thanks to social media and people do have yeah it does have that edge you know of that um you know i mean i'm all about it's all really health at the cellular level so you know you've just exposed my 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 big um <laughs> my actual like marketing ploy there it's like get them hooked on their looks no i'm joking but uh, people are i mean we do care about our looks and it's yeah. it's you know beauty is more than skin deep it's like what is on the outside is reflecting what's inner so if we get them you know if i can get people on a plant-based raw food healing diet via vanity i'm all for it <laughs> I, I agree with you 100 i think that um a lot of people almost want to deny that a little bit and and i hear people say all the time i hear people say i do this for my health i do this um i i'm interested in focusing on my health and all that and and i know or i feel like deep down that probably weight loss is important to them Mm. Um, and for some reason they don't want to say that I'm not sure why and for some people it's it'll be skin and for some people it will be aging and yeah. there's a lot of vanity kind of things and I don't see any problem with that I say to people all the time like it's absolutely fine for you to say I want to look better that's not a, that's not a, a bad thing no, I mean, you know, and if if like the deeper message is we're also getting people to stop eating animals you know, then I don't care how people come to that. You yeah. know, if, the, if it's stopping it, <laughs> good. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I've been, you know, long term vegan, like 27 years, and I've seen, you know, the growth of that, which is really exciting. But I've also seen how, you know, people are, are kind of like voice policing other people and saying, you know, you're not really vegan if you if you are vegan because of health reasons. And it's like, well, who are we to decide like what what labels people <laughs> get if they're not if they're not contributing to like animal suffering like i don't care how they do that like they're not doing it so good <laughs> you know i want to i want people to to know that that that's you know this is a good thing and yeah it doesn't matter what what they you know what their reason is if they sure. if, if the end result's the same absolutely absolutely um i i want to ask you a bit more about your journey with your entrepreneurship following your passion all these different things you've done um you mentioned 20 years of just doing what you wanted to do and eventually sort of attaining success or, or big success at it i suppose um what what did you learn in that process um that might be helpful to other people who are maybe coming across this and they're thinking um they would quite like to go down that path and, and i'm sure that it's not always for everyone, but um, for people that are maybe inspired by you, what, what, what's, what's, I think what I'm interested in, I'd like to hear some of the stories of the challenges you had and, <laughs> and some of the things, yeah. I'm sure there's the been all the things that have happened, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of blood, sweat, tears and failure along the way, I tell you. Um, no, it's a great question and I really encourage people to be entrepreneurial um because i think it's another path of enlightenment and self you know actualization um to, to get away from like the nine to five there's nothing wrong with having a, a a career working for someone else if that's genuinely like what you really want to do but i think a lot of people do it because they don't think there's another choice and i remember how entrepreneurialism wasn't even taught in school i don't even know if it is any now you know it's like we get a job or you go to uni or you have babies if you're a female that was the message i was given you know and i was like what if you don't want to do any of those um <laughs> you know so um so full disclosure i have adhd and also another spectrum disorder that causes me immense issues trying to work for anyone else so <laughs> just unavoidable um and, but it also makes me polymath which is great for entrepreneurialism so if anyone else is out there with adhd honestly you make the best entrepreneur so don't give up um <laughs> So <laughs> if you're unemployable, good. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's why I spent so much of my 20s like living in teepees up mountains and in caravans and fields because I was broke because I couldn't, I knew like the working for someone else wouldn't, would kill, killed my soul. Like it didn't, it didn't suit me whatsoever, but then I didn't really know 
what else to do um so I was just you know broke <laughs> like all the time um but you know it was, it was a great training ground to to know that I can live on very little little you know I, I did a lot of like wild foraging <laughs> I lived very simply without electricity or an inside bathroom you know so I, I lived this really wild existence for a long time um uh, and all the time I was writing for magazines and things like that for free you know like I cut my teeth like doing everything for free um but the things I really learned was one it's fine to earn money I think that I came from a poverty background and I mixed in circles where people believed money was bad and right. I think that's a really awful message because here's the lowdown yes capitalism rampant capitalism is a problem like we have you know but so going anti-capitalist is not going to solve it because all that happens is the people with good hearts and good intentions remain poor while the people that have the you know that might be destroying the earth are the ones with the money to be allowed to do so you know because money talks at that upper echelon of like controlling the world so the best thing to do is for the people with the good hearts and the good intentions to also get rich and buy up the rainforest so no one can destroy it and so <laughs> you know i have this real passion like actually you know growing um, income and abundance is a spiritual path as well. Um, so that's one thing to bear in mind is that there's no, you're not helping the world by staying poor, um, you know, as a, as in a choice. Um, and the other thing I've learned is like you, every single person has something of value to someone else, no matter how small you think that gift is. I didn't think anyone cared about me making skincare at, at all. But, you know, the skincare business I started when I when I started teaching, um, I sold it in 2014. It now has something like 20,000 students and turns over millions because wow. people actually care. People do want the skill. Sure, and, sure. You know, and everyone's the same. I've seen people create huge abundant businesses from teaching things like you know, hypnotherapy or how to bake or how to do raw foods or like anything is a skill that can, you know, people want to learn from other people that they like and they resonate with. So, and even, so, you know, that's the other thing. One thing, you have a skill that is monetizable, essentially. Uh, the other thing is, uh, the second thing that I learned is like, you got to start now. Like it, there's no perfect time to start being an entrepreneur or start up a small business. You don't have to have the perfect website or to know everything about Instagram or to know, you know, everything about everything to get it up and running. Like my first e-course that I built, which was called, I can't even remember, the Diploma in Organic Skincare Formulation, something like that. I actually, it was just in PDF form because I didn't even know how to do videos. I didn't even know how to use PayPal. So people had to send me a check in the mail. <laughs> this was only 10 years ago, by the way. I was such a Luddite because I'd lived so long without electricity. I didn't even know how to use a computer until like sort of 12 years ago or something. So I was really like, I had no clue. But I did it anyway, because I knew this information needed to get out. And I knew I wanted to make money from my passion because I knew I couldn't work from anyone else. And I knew I didn't want to stay poor for the rest of my life. So um, I, you know, that's what I did. And I just worked with what I could do right now. My first business cost me $50, like about 30 pounds to set up, which was the cost of my domain name. And I, a very basic website template, which looked terrible. <laughs> and that was it. I was off and I earned money. I, earned, I remember earning 2000 pounds from that first like flush of sales. And I was like, I've never had that much money in one go in my entire life. And it just blew my mind. And over time, what I did, I just bankrolled the journey. You know, I, I would take a little bit of that money and be like, right, next I'll learn how to use a different technology. And I just did it really, really slowly, baby steps. So, you know, that is the second message, you know, start now, like you don't have to have all this, you know, if you look at the people, you know, if you come to my website now and look at it now, you'd be like, oh my God, it's like really flashy and fancy. But yeah, I didn't start like that though. <laughs> it's like that now because I bankrolled the journey slowly over a decade. Um, and that's what you can do too. Um, and the third thing is, and I hear this a lot from people, is they say, I want to do X, Y, Z, but lots of people are doing it. Or yeah. lots of people are doing this, but for free on YouTube. And yeah, lots of people are doing it. Great. But they're not doing it like you. 
you know, and this is a thing people buy from people. Um, and so they will resonate with you as the person as well as just buying the end result of what it is you're offering. Um, and also people doing it for free on YouTube is still not a reason to not do it. When I launched my skincare school a, a decade ago, there are, there are loads of people on YouTube showing you how to make lip balms and, you know, body butters and all of this. There still are. It doesn't, it hasn't stopped my old skincare school turning over, you know, a lot of money. Absolutely. And what you're kind of bringing up there is what's totally natural for people to do, which is you come up with the objections yes. in your own mind. So when you have that thought, and I, I remember the first time I had the thought of maybe I should do something for myself, you know, and I, I, I kind of started doing, it was, I was working in a supermarket and it's crazy that I look back now and I'd been playing guitar from the age of 10 and I was, I'd been showing people how to play and all that stuff. And it never really occurred to me and no one around me ever said, why don't you try and teach guitar, you know? And I'm working for whatever it is, six pounds an hour in the supermarket. And one day I'm thinking, why don't I teach guitar? And it was almost like one of these like moments of like divine yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And, and I remember like, it's, uh, within the, I, I remember putting an advert out. And so I was so scared to do all this. Like, I thought <laughs> yeah. there was some kind of law against it or whatever. I was totally unaware, right? And I put this advert out and I got a phone call from a guy and I went over to see him. And the first lesson was sort of free, I think. And, and at the end of the lesson, um, he handed me two notes. And I thought it was £20, but he'd hand, he'd handed me two £50 notes. I'd never seen a £50 note. Like, I'd never seen a 50 <laughs> he was He was paying me in advance for, like, five or six lessons. Wow. You know? And I just, that hit me, and I'm like, well, and, and the, ironically, I never really made that successful to be honest but I, I i could i did lessons on the side kind of thing um yeah. but one of the things that comes up is kind of what you're saying when you when people consider this and doing something for themselves these objections come up all the time like other yeah. people are doing it there's no one going to pay you for that um yeah and on and on and on and on that that come up and you realize these are all illusions the more experience mm -hmm. you get with with, with doing things like this yeah. absolutely and i think sometimes the worst people you can ask about your business ideas is your friends and family <laughs> like don't ask them don't say do you think this is a good idea because most people just say no because they're not your target audience your target audience are other people and that, that, you'll know yeah. you will know because people will come and buy from you that <laughs> yeah the, 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 the weird thing about that is is the instincts of most people are 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 the, the opposite of what you want to listen to and that's like yeah if you were to create a website or whatever or or a sales page or a sales presentation or whatever a lot of people would look at that and go that's not going to work that's uh, that doesn't make me want to buy that or that doesn't and, and like yeah you, you realize that like you, you actually no, people don't understand how these things work. They don't even know themselves well enough to realize that's what works on them all the time. <laughs> that's exactly, like, uh, like it's so stupid, but people always buy things at a discount. Everyone knows that it's not really a discount. Like everyone knows it's just a fake price that's then right. a thing through it. And then there's like, everyone knows to buy two, get three or whatever. We all yeah. know none of that's right, but still people will buy it. Like it's, yeah. Every, like so it's, it's stuff like that that people forget about they re don't realize it works on them all the time absolutely i mean you know marketing psychology is a whole like skill set you know like you know companies spend a lot of money on this for a reason it works and if you're walking around thinking you're immune to marketing and advertising you're wrong because <laughs> we are all affected by it because they spend billions on this to make sure we do what they want you know of course this is why it's great to not have tv <laughs> i never see ads amazing um so not a lot does work on me because i don't see it but yeah i mean i'm as susceptible as everyone else and i have my head switched on and so you know like we are you know we are all being asked to part with our money all the time and so you know why not set up an ethical business where people are going to use that money for, for good things or to learn a new skill that could help them. And, you know, we are all, you know, I think 
I think honestly, like online education is one of the biggest things to get into. Like, you know, I see so many people making, you know, really good, amazing money from their laptops, just from teaching a skill that they know. And like you said, like with the guitar and, you know, with me with like, it, it was skincare and then it was business and now it's nutrition. And, you know, I, there are people making money teaching drumming or snowboarding or bread making. And I think people, I think humans are naturally just very curious to learn new skills. And so yeah. if you have anything at all that you know what to do, you can totally make money from teaching that to people. And I think yeah, that's yeah. a really fascinating thing. And I think the internet has changed the game in terms of giving us more freedom to earn money from our passions. Yeah, I think the, the average person would be absolutely shocked about the money that some people earn teaching something that they yeah. simply online or yes, they would. A course or having, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's fascinating. But it is that thing that, um, I mean, skincare is a, a, an obvious example. Weight loss. There are some people out there that are just absolutely desperate for help with it, when it comes mm -hmm. to their skin, their weight, their health, and so many other things that they're so desperate, and they 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 will absolutely pay for someone that's going to help them with that. Absolutely. Um, I've come across a lot of people in the raw vegan world that. Uh, or maybe struggling to make ends meet or whatever it is. And when I speak to them, I find out they've got this incredible story of they had a really debilitating condition that they managed to reverse. Wow. And I've said to them, do you not realize how many people in yeah. your city where you're living would be absolutely desperate for your help and would pay you very well for you to help them? Like, and yeah. they, don't, they don't see it, you know, they don't. So. Oh, I know it's, yeah. it's, I think this is like one of the bigger awakenings that humans need to have is like, you know, we, it, it's not so much that, you know, we need to smash capitalism and money, but it's like, you know, people with the good hearts and the good intentions that could save the planet can actually monetize their passions. We can become the new wealth and abundance of the planet. And then we've got money and resources to save it. Like I would love to buy, you know, a lot of raw vegans is a dream of buying land and doing animal sanctuaries. Well, that takes an awful lot of money yeah you're not gonna do it by staying you know broke if you if you believe that money is like evil and needs to be stamped out and it's not going to help and you know we you know that stuff just costs money like end of like that's the world we live in so we may as well contribute to that and try and live you know our passions monetize them and then do the big role in the world that we want like whether it's like having the animal sanctuary or or buying an island that all the raw vegans can live on <laughs> whatever awesome dream you have you can make it you know a reality yeah yeah i i, I uh and, and i do tend to think some people like the idea of doing uh creating a community for people that are on a particular lifestyle raw vegan or whatever and i and they think about let's all get together and buy some land and i just i i cringe a little bit and i know that there's some places that have maybe made it work a little bit but if the in my mind, if someone really wanted to do that, do something of that nature, in my mind, I'm immediately thinking retirement village for wealthy people that want to do this life. Like, I, I just don't see how it works with, like, let's kind of try and get, um, you know, let's try and do this on the cheap. I just don't oh, no. see it being um, uh, very... Uh, good thing but talking about capitalism and all that I, I kind of feel like the problem is um whether capitalism or communism or whatever system they're really corruption and cronyism i think that's the problem and and that it's just human nature when people get a certain amount of power they they want to keep that power and hold it to themselves and uh I, I don't know if it's ever the system that's the problem exactly i think just we just human nature kind of ruins things sometimes we have to kind of keep a check on that kind of behavior um but yeah, yeah they're not I, healthy I, people are they the people like running the world they're not healthy vibrant people that's that's what's fascinating to me because a lot of people will get into conspiracy theories about you know the wealthy and the elites are poisoning the food and all that and i, and I look at it and i'm like but they're they're eating that food too, and they look terrible and they look sick too. So why would they do it to themselves if they knew the secret? Like they ju they're just dumb like everyone else. Like that's I, I don't understand why I see these images of 
rich guys eating McDonald's. And I'm like, why don't you have your own farm with your own, the best food ever and your own- Like Sting, like Sting does, doesn't he? Right. Have his, Sting like, has his own organic land with all his- um, that, makes, yeah, that makes sense to me. That makes total sense. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't have that. Like, why wouldn't that be worth investing in? But anyway, that's I guess, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I used to be like, go down the whole rabbit hole of like conspiracy theories until I realized it was just making me depressed. So that's like, you know, like, because it's all, it's all like, oh, it's them and it's out there and it's externalized and it's like, and then you feel like you have no control because there's no solution. And, and exactly. it's like, well, okay, what can I control? Right. I can control me and my happiness and my vibrancy. <laughs> so let's start there. It's disempowering, I think. And when people, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of people that use that as an excuse to not engage with the yeah. world. It's almost like there's no point in getting a job or starting a business or anything because you're just contributing to this system and right. you're not going to get anywhere. And it's I've seen a lot of people get stuck in that cycle. I, I've seen it too. Yeah. And it's really sad, um, especially when they're people that that have so much to give. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I, I remember something um, Durian Ryder said years ago, which was really interesting and he had a big YouTube, he still has a quite a big YouTube channel and all that, but he was saying, people would say, why do you let all these other corporations, like non-vegan corporations, advertise on your videos? And he says, well, I just see it as I'm taking money from them and I'm putting that money back into, into, the, into the vegan <laughs> you know, um, world, into, into continuing to promote veganism and buying more fruit and supporting the farmers and all that. And I thought that that was... That was uh, really interesting. I think that that uh, essentially the world changes with how people spend their money and how people yes um, what people choose to spend it on. And yeah. I do think that if you want to call it capitalism or whatever, is it moves with the trends of, for example, people are concerned about where their products are resourced from, and that does change things. And people also like the plant based thing is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's yeah. i mean there's a lot of people predicting that very maybe in the next 10 years like a huge amount of the milk's going to be plant-based milk and a lot of the meat's going to be plant-based meat and yeah. and the weird thing about that from what i've heard is that the whole dairy industry has been completely subsidized by government for since the Second World War, kind of thing. And yeah. that has to collapse. There's no way that that right. can going. You can't subsidize an industry and a product that also causes ill health and then subsidize the healthcare. It just, that can't work. <laughs> I know, it's all very, sometimes it's like the very thing that gets subsidized is the worst thing, you know? It's like, I think there's gonna be a major switch because we're reaching a tipping point already, you know, where you know, veganism is also now considered pretty mainstream. You know, that's an amazing, I've seen that in my lifetime, you know. Um, it's, I mean, I, I bet I knew about five vegans <laughs> back in when I was in my twenties uh, and now it's like, everyone's going vegan or plant-based, which is amazing. And, you know, you can't move now for like vegan options everywhere. Like even the major horrible, chains that I would never in a million years buy from anyway, like KFC and McDonald's, they're getting vegan options. And, yeah. you know, it's just, like you said, it's, it's growing. And, and the thing is money goes to where the trends are, you know, people who just care about the money, like they don't, you know, the people like that I'm talking about the, the big, big, massive, you know, the government budgets and the, and the big people at the top of the chains, like the, the massive businesses, the conglomerates and the super rich, you know, they don't really care about veganism, but they will put their money on trending stuff because that just makes business sense. So the more veganism is becoming a mainstream movement, the more we're going to see money being put there. So eventually, yeah, the subsidies are going to have to end because people will lobby against those subsidies. Right. Now, you know, there'll be big businesses going, well, we aren't, we've all switched plant-based, so we want the subsidies now. You know, <laughs> and there will, there'll be that. And it will happen because of the people at the top who have switched to follow the money. And I think ironically that the whole thing of um, consuming animal milks or, or even meat at some point, that'll become the niche thing. Like that'll become the weird 
Yeah. Ew, you eat animal breast milk? Are you are you a baby cow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Been great to speak to you today. Um, where can people learn more from you, search, um, follow you, etc.? Where would be a good place for sure. them? Yeah, well, um, I've been a bit like... I'm not always really great at being very visible on social media, but um, I am kind of kickstarting that again this summer. So um, I'm on Instagram as the facelift diet, um, how you'd normally spell it, the facelift diet, all one word. So that's where I put, I'm going to start doing a lot more videos there. Um, I do have a YouTube, but I haven't used it for about five years. <laughs> I'm going to kickstart that too. So the best place really is um, my Instagram, the facelift diet, because if I, if once I kickstart the YouTube again, I'll obviously advertise it on there and everything anyway. And there's a link there to download like a freebie, which is like the top 10 facelift fruits to start eating. If you want to like look after your skin by eating more fruit, that's a good place to start. Very cool. Well, thank you, Star. Thank uh, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, thanks everyone for watching and listening. Feel free to share this, give us some feedback. You can email at info at fruitfest.co.uk. You can find out more about the UK Fruit Fest at fruitfest.co.uk and you can subscribe there for further updates by email and we'll let you know about um, future podcasts as well. Uh, thank you for the, the support, everyone, and we'll see you in another episode of the Love Fruit Podcast. Awesome. Bye.